Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hello, sir. How are you? I am okay. I, uh, I found myself in a very curious um, situation with watching this new episode. I do, too. Like, I, um, I really liked this new show. I wish, that, uh, I wish that they had told me Walking Dead was canceled. <laughs> uh, I, I'm watching this episode. Oh, hi, folks. I'm Timothy Harvey. I'm Dustin. And this is Apocalypse Now, and it is a Walking Dead episode. Yes, the show is back on the air, and we are back talking about it. Are you sure this was The Walking Dead? I'm really not, because I I really liked this episode. Yes, me too. And I had this weird flashback. I want you to I want you to picture in your mind a time very, very, very long ago. Okay. And I want you to picture a character. We called the Brian. Do you remember the Brian? I remember the Brian. Okay. Folks, if you don't remember the Brian, the Brian is the name that we gave to the governor when he was post the collapse of Woodsbury and all of the things. Uh, He went off on his own and he had this, he told people that his name was Brian. Yeah. For the briefest of moments. You and I thought The Walking Dead might do something interesting. Redeem its villain and start something new. They did not do this. They did not do that. In fact, they they cemented their not doing it by killing a child in a stupid, stupid way. Which is right. the way of things with The Walking Dead. But <laughs> all I could think of last night was... I want to watch the Negan show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, um, I had, I had that thought too, that like, I want to watch the show. I want to watch the Judith and Negan show. Yeah. She's, she's a no, she's a no nonsense toddler. (laughs) With a gun. With a big old gun. (laughs) She's not taking any of your shit. (laughs) You know, and uh, oh, you know, and he's a he's a, a bumbling psychopath <laughs> who just wishes things were back the way they were. <laughs> it is a Walking Dead episode. There were issues that I had with the show. Part of them involving uh, Judith and Negan because apparently Judith is the only one who <laughs> pays attention in this town. <laughs> there are no guards anywhere. Yeah. But even so, uh, and there were a couple other things, but for the most part, I was really surprised just how um, well they handled right. the idea of Negan's, I'm not, and, and I'm not I, calling it redemption at this point is, is premature, but yeah, it's, yeah, there was something about Jeffrey Dean Morgan being out on his own without, you know, Negan playing to an audience, um, you know, or or when he was playing off someone, it was Judith. It was this completely different audience to what who someone who is completely unimpressed 
with his bravado. I was, I really enjoyed it. Right. Well, there were some, like I said, I think there were some problems, some very interesting issues that need to be discussed, but um, for the most part, I really liked it too. It almost, like I said, almost felt like a completely different show. Which is, which is, okay, that's not a good thing, folks. I mean, realistically, when you look at uh, the the tone of a show, the consistency of a show. Unfortunately, The Walking Dead has a really, really bad track record of being really good one minute and really bad the next, or really bad a whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, season two, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> but the kind of unfortunate thing is that we've reached this point where we're looking at an episode like this and we're saying, this is really good. And we're feeling that this is an outlier. Yeah. Right off the bat. I mean, that's that's not a good place for any show to be. Especially when, like, you can see where some certain things are going. Like, like I know, I know what Michonne, now I know what Michonne's th- deal is. You know, because because she was having that conversation with Aaron at the end of the episode, and he said, "You were right. You, I, I was. I thought you were wrong, but I was the one who was wrong. You were right. They have everything they need, and we have everything, and and we have everything we need, and we should be behind the walls and safe." And all of a sudden, I knew that Michonne had that baby. She had little RJ. And freaked out and didn't want to lose anyone else and decided to to cut herself off from the rest of the world. Cut her community off from the rest of the world. And I know that's the truth. And I know that's what they're going to say happened. I just know it. I feel it. And it's going to make me go crazy. Yeah, they still there's still the, the looming question when, when whether that, that's the situation or not. I'm I'm still not happy with with Michonne's just complete turnaround from you know the the optimistic hopeful looking to the future character that she was before Rick died quote unquote um, now she's leaving the show well of course she is I'm not sure if you saw the official word but the official word is out um, that uh, Danae is leaving the show. Mm-hmm. But she's also potentially, from what we hear, going to be in the Rick Grimes spinoff movies. Oh, really? Well, that's the rumor. So what what the, the implication seems to be is that she will go off in search of Rick. She'll find out somehow that Rick is alive, and she'll go looking for him. And then the movies will be what she finds him, I guess. Uh, so... Sure. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, she will of course be having, you know, an amazing film career because oh, yeah. you know. She's got that mad Marvel money. I mean, come on. Yeah. Which is fantastic and and I, you know, I'm if there's ever a reason to leave a show, it is the reasons that Andrew Lincoln left because of his family, you know, because he lives he lives in a different continent. Yeah. <laughs> And that's where his home is, and he wanted to be there with his family. That's a great reason to leave a show. And leaving a show because 
you're a success in another medium right. and people recognize that and you've got opportunities that you need to take to, to further your career. I wish her nothing but the best. I'm sorry to see her leave the show because she's a wonderful character. Mm. Despite this last nonsense of this, of this six year time jump, but I'm completely on board with her, her going after the things that, Oh, right. Yeah. You know, creating a, creating a stronger career is definitely, definitely a reason to leave. Yeah, because she's a fantastic actress. I mean, that's just the, that's just the thing. I mean, you know, she should have more opportunities uh, than just just a TV show that can't decide if it's going to be really, really fantastic one episode and then really, really <laughs> dumb another episode. And, and I think so far, I mean, I don't think anyone who has left the show has made bad... Well, okay, um... The, I, I guess I could IMDb this really super fast, but Lauren Cohen is on a show on CBS, which, and it's a spy thriller, like, and if there's anywhere in the world that you are going to have a successful spy thriller, it's CBS. <laughs> I mean, I'll never watch it, but my parents will love it. <laughs> See, now we have to watch an episode. Now we have to. Because you said that. Yeah, I don't even See what know you've what done. the name of it is. I can find out. But, yeah. It's that show with Lauren Cohen in it. Yeah. I mean, isn't that, isn't that the name of it? <laughs> the show with Lauren Cohen in it. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're never going to let poor Norman Reedus leave. He, he's going he's gonna to be a zombie. Strolling around, you know. Like, he'll be the first featured zombie. Well, he's got the he just signed the new contract. Uh, oh yeah, he's, him and him and uh, 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 Melissa McBride. Yeah, so they're they're good for a while, and I guess they're yeah. pre- they're pretty good contracts. So good for them because they are two of our favorite characters when they're written yeah. right. And so it I'm, was it's uh, it's the if I remember correctly from what I read, it was it's um, three more seasons. With the possibilities of spinoffs. Right. So if The Walking Dead were to, you know, implode and end, they could each have their own show. Well, we've, at more than one period of time during this show, said that the two of them should have their own show anyway. Right. So so, so we have the, the spinoffs are the Judith and Negan show. <laughs> And Judith and Negan, Negan and Judith, going around solving crimes, solving zombie crimes, Judith and Negan, Negan and Judith. I am on board. I am on board with this plan. And then, and then, and then for a different tone, we have the Daryl and Carol show. <laughs> Daryl and Carol, Daryl and Carol. <laughs> oh, God. Not solving yes. shit, but killing everyone around. <laughs> Don't come close, because they'll kill your shit. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving a trail of destruction across the landscape. Right. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I am on board with this plan. <laughs> oh, God. Well, and and... We got to see another side of Daryl this episode that we haven't seen in a while. I mean, we uh-huh. we see it from time to time. Just the whole completely ruthless, uh, very cunning, very manipulative. 
You know, it, you know, he's clearly drawing on on the experiences of how he was raised and yeah. the environment that he grew up in. Uh, so, because uh, there's really there's really three storylines running through this episode. There is, oddly enough, considering we've mentioned it about a million times, the Judith and Negan storyline. Yeah. Uh, there is the there's the larger group storyline that Daryl kind of is is leading, yeah. which includes what's going on with Michonne. And and bringing Jesus's body back and capturing uh, one of the whisperers, and then the third storyline is kind of the minor one, but it's clearly meant to be a bigger thing, which is the Alden and Luke storyline. Right, which will be a uh, will, will will definitely be a bigger thing coming up in the next couple of. Maybe because considering the last shot of the episode, I'm not sure that they're going to have much of a storyline going forward. Well. I know for a fact that the guy who plays Alden is Alden's the one who was mooning after right. Maggie, and then the other guy, and Luke is the, Luke is the music teacher. Well, I he he did a whole interview about how he's got like there's a whole scene at the festival where he like puts on a musical, and you know they're not going to die before the festival. Well, that's just spoilery as hell. <laughs> yeah, he 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 leaked all sorts of stuff. Well, good for him, I guess. Because clearly, clearly, the end of the episode implies his you know, life expectancy is short. So I guess they get out of it, or at least he does. So these are the three basic storylines. Yeah, Alden and Luke uh, basically are leaving from. They're looking for everybody because they haven't come back. Yeah, and so they go out on a little search mission, and they find a bunch of arrows, and like we're going to follow the arrows and find them. And instead of following the arrows and find them, they follow the arrows and find the whisperers. Right, a lot of whisperers. Yes, one of which whom has a gun. Yes, and basically the episode uh, leap ahead of the episode end. Uh, they're standing there. She, I, I think it's a she, throws an arrow at their feet, basically revealing that the following an arrows thing was a trap, and then raises a gun. Um, and of course, we cut to black. So they're up in the air, but they're they're, they're the C storyline. Yeah, very much. The and then the B storyline is um, is Negan and Judith, Judith and Negan, because because he <laughs> escapes. They Gabriel like forgets to lock the door because he's so worried about Rosita, and he like just gets out. <laughs> Judith is the one on guard duty. Of course she is. <laughs> so she like tries to. She's gonna stop him, and he's like. You know, are you going to shoot me? And he's like, yeah. And uh, and then he's like, come on, just let me go. And she's like, there's really nothing, there's nothing out there for you. And he's like, I, you know, please. And she's like, fine, go. <laughs> and so he spends the rest, and she's like, he's like, if I see, she goes, if I see you again, I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, I would. And he, like, goes and spends the next hour or so, like, hitting up his old stomping grounds. Yeah, so again, um, in a shocking information that will shock no one whatsoever, apparently it's very, very easy to get to the old savior location on foot with no real time passing because the walking dead has no sense of scale. Right. He does all this walking around in basically one day. Yeah. By by mid-afternoon, he's ready to go back. But I did notice some stuff that I thought was really cool. The place that he, like, vomits and strips off his 
coat and like you know is on kneeling on the ground. Mm-hmm. Did you realize where that was? Mm-mm. That's where he killed Glenn. Oh wow! That's the clearing where they killed Glenn, and uh, and then so then he goes back to uh, because right before that scene, he stops at the stream and drinks some water, and yeah. then we see him throwing up. If that's the clearing that he killed Glenn in. I mm, does that throwing up scene take on meaning or is it just the water was bad? I think you're allowed to read it however you want. I uh, cuz cuz it shows him retching and throwing up and like stripping off his jacket and stuff. And then it shows him then there's the medium shot of him on his knees and then it right. pulls out to the wide shot and that's when I realized that's the clearing and he's basically where Glenn was. That could be some heavy symbolism there. Yeah. Or it could just be the water was bad. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's something I noticed and thought was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, then he makes it back to the Savior's compound and discovers that it's a bit of a mess. Yeah. Things have not been uh, kept up to code. And again, this is one of those things, like, this is another thing I had a problem with. Here is this prime location this should have been after six years this should have been an outpost there should have been guards there there should have been um like smelting going on you know Mm -hmm. there should have been something going on well yeah but we've established very clearly uh over the last several years that the walking dead does not does not know what to do with a good location right you know, they either, you know, they either locust lex their way all the way through someplace and we never see it again, or they, you know, stay there forever, like the hilltop and, and Alexandria and, and, you know, all that sort of thing. But, you know, you're right. They not leaving, leaving it to be a set piece for Negan to, to realize that there's nothing out there for him anymore is very dramatic, mm-hmm. but it's completely impractical. Right. Especially, especially considering that it's within walking distance. Clearly, right. <laughs> Short walk. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I really feel like that was one of those things that really irritated me because, like, that's a good place. That should have been, you know, he should have found, you know, if not guards, just like this is a a, a drop back point, like a shelter point. Because how long did the saviors hole up in there with zombies completely surrounding it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so irritating. That that kind of thing irritates me. Yeah. But then he finds one of his old guys like, oh, you were, you know, loyal to the end or whatever as a zombie. Yeah, you get that sort of bravado, the Negan bravado, the Negan boasting thing going on. But it's not, it, it lacks the, the fire and showmanship mm-hmm. that he does with a live audience. And that's not meant to be a pun. And it kind of was. And I'm sorry. Uh, but it's something else that's, that's uh, there's a there's a diminished quality to it that again, right? You know, really makes me enjoy what I'm seeing with the character right now. Yeah, there's a wryness to it. It's not the boasting. Hey, you know, it's more like the hey, oh look at that, loyal to the end. You know, it's it's that it, it he's he's lesser in a way that's good for the character. Yeah, and you know, he kind of tries to sort of. See if he can set something back up again there, but it just doesn't feel right. And, you know, he busts out a wall and finds a motorcycle. 
Like, when was there a scene somewhere where he buried a motorcycle? I guess uh, maybe it was something that. Uh, no, I I don't think there was. No, Mm-mm. but apparently it happened because he takes the motorcycle and he goes back to Alexandria, right? <laughs> where Judith is waiting to shoot him. Of course she is. Which she does. She shoots him with a gun. She says, I told you I was going to shoot you. And he goes, yes, you did. You you did indeed. You said that to me, little girl. Let's go find a great Dane and go solve some mysteries. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah, he admits to her that there isn't anything out there for him. And she goes, so are you going back to Alexandria? And he's like, yeah, actually I am. I, uh, I don't mind myself so much right now. And she's like... Oh, all right. Let's go. (laughs) Which I thought was really, you know, like, it's, in a way, it's sweet. It's such a strange relationship that they have. Now, in the comic, it was Carl and Megan having this kind of stuff. But by making it Judith, by making it be this small girl, there's a completely different dynamic. Mm -hmm. And there's almost this... (laughs) She has him wrapped around her little finger. Right, yes. Yeah. She's going to be leading him around by the nose. (laughs) You know, it's going to be great. And I'm going to have a really, really... I'm I'm actually going to be very upset if they don't make him her unofficial protector. Yeah. Because, I mean, she's not... I I don't see her allowing him to be her official protector. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But that's that's what it looks like they're doing at this particular moment with the character is making him sort of, you know, looking at her and seeing someone that he needs to have around. And I think that actually would be really, really cool. Because yeah. in the comic, Negan has this sort of, you know, he's the pet monster. He's right. the he's he's the, the the club. And again, you know, I'm not trying to, to make jokes here with you know pun jokes but you know he's he's the club that rick pulls out when you have to bludgeon something yeah you know he's you know he they throw negan at it and while that's fine honestly while that's fine for the comic book it that's not how it should be in our new uh show especially considering that we you know we have a we have a almost complete departure yeah from where we were and I think I think you can still have the uneasiness. Certainly, he's not going to be trusted by people, but I think that there's also going to be mm, no. I'm. I think there should be an acknowledgement that he's he was good at what he did, and so he has skills and qualities that could be useful to them. Which right. I which I'm sure we'll see as as things uh, ramp up with the whisperers. Mm-hmm. So. Speaking of the Whisperers, there is, as as they're bringing Jesus's body back, or because we open basically where we're still in the graveyard, yeah, and this moment of you know where where we left off was this fantastic bit of horror where they're at a graveyard and the zombies are attacking and and now they're talking and and this was like pure you know straight out of the horror handbook of how to do this and and we really enjoyed that part. So here that's where they pick up and. They manage to to escape and kill some more of them. And as they're heading back to Alexandria, uh, carrying Jesus' body on, on, on the horse, um, 
they're they they cross a bridge and find themselves with whispers in front and whispers behind. Right, and I love the way that they did this, where it was you know, all right, I'm going to shoot you in the leg. If you fall down, you're a human being. <laughs> 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 I thought that was really good. Yeah, they're very, they were quickly adapting to the whole. Okay, this is weird. This is strange. Screw it. Just kill him anyway. Right. And they end up capturing one and taking her back to uh, to the hilltop where they have to tell, then tell everyone who is, you know, there what happened to Jesus. Oh, by the way, Maggie abandoned you to go out with the suit-wearing lesbians. Oh, by the way, Jesus really didn't want to be your leader and he kind of obfuscated all this stuff to Tara. Oh, by the way, Jesus is dead. <laughs> now Tara's in charge officially. Congratulations, Tara. <laughs> and she's like, wait, what? What happened yeah. here? <laughs> oh, I need to I need to back up really quickly. Remember we talked about the Brian. So yeah. you know earlier this summer I read The Road to Woodbury. The oh, yeah, right. novelization. Well in the novelization it tells you that there was Philip Blake and there was Brian Blake and they were brothers. And Philip is like the badass, and he's the one who's like really good in the zombie apocalypse. And he and Brian is like the weakling, right? And they come across the the family just like they do in the show. And Tara is the sister, but Tara in the show in the book is awful. She's like fat, and she's always doing her nails, and she smokes two fat packs a day. She's just gross, right? Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the book. When Penny gets killed, it drives Philip crazy, and he takes Penny into town and keeps her as a zombie and stuff like that. And and Brian and they have another friend with them, right? Uh, Brian and this other friend discover that Philip has been feeding women to uh, raping them and then feeding them to Penny, and so so they kill him. They kill Philip. But then Brian, like, freaks out, and he kills the friend, and then goes back to town, like, in this daze, back to Woodbury, because that's where they've been living, goes back to Woodbury in this daze, and, like, ends up saving the town by accident. And then they ask him, like, this is, at this point, like, everybody's just, like, huddled in their homes, and they, like, come out and meet every once in a while, or whatever. And this was at a town meeting, he ends up saving the town, and uh, so they ask him what his name is, and he says, Philip. Yeah. So he takes on the, the mantle of his older, more badass brother, and then becomes the governor. And then, so that's what they this explain in the book. And then, you know, so when, you, when we talk about terror, it reminded me that the Brian, that was his name in the book, was Brian. So it was a little callback to the book there that he did that. Anyway, so now we can go back to our normally scheduled recap. Well, they take the girl and the, the girl whisper, and they put her down in the jail. And Henry's still down there. And Henry's like, what's going on? And they're like, Jesus is dead. And he goes, can I come out now? And they're like, no. Right. Well, I think this was a really, really smart way of for Daryl to use, um, to use Henry. Because he established, oh, he's another prisoner, and then he just, just like, doesn't ever actually hit her, but just 
rails on this girl, screaming at her and saying, we're going to kill you, we're going to let them kill you, and all this stuff, and then leaves. The girl lies, by the way. She, we can, if, if just, just from the, as the viewing audience, you can tell the girl is lying. Oh, yeah. Because we know there are more whispers out there. Yeah, there were more than, there were more than ten in the cemetery. Yeah, so she's she's adamant that there were just ten of us, and and the only person out there still is my mom, and she's a good person, but this is just the way of the world. It's kill people, you know, or be killed. You know, it's it's the it's the Walking Dead philosophy, you know, writ yeah. large again, again, just given to another person to say. Exactly. Except except she says her the new thing she adds is places with walls never last. They're all eventually going to fall. You're eventually, this place will eventually fail, which was not, this has not been a, like, Rick kind of thought that when they first got to Alexandria, like, that was part, a little bit of it, but he eventually got over it, but this is the first time somebody is like, these places don't last, and in a way, I think she's kind of right, because if you think about it, you only need one person to die of an unexpected heart attack in their house one night. Oh, yeah. You know, for for there to be a, a outbreak inside your community. In a way, she's right. In a way, she's wrong. She's definitely wrong. She's the bad guy. The, her This part of her logic is not unsound. Yeah, and, and, and the show has had a sort of schizophrenia when it comes to settlements of course if it's a settlement full of bad people it has to be destroyed mm-hmm. and everyone killed if it's a settlement with, with good people it needs to be defended at any cost right. oh and they and they love to have our characters walking around on that one road in in georgia you know <laughs> that they've used for nine years and they don't expect anyone to notice oh negan's driving down that exact same road they always use <laughs> Well, every road is the same, isn't it? I mean, yeah. philosophically or something. How many roads must yeah, a man anyway. walk down before he is considered a Negan? <laughs> I that that's that'd be one of those alternative lyrics that I don't think ever caught on. No. And uh, the rewrite was probably what made the song famous. But <laughs> so yeah, uh, after Daryl just on. Uh, tears into this girl uh, and storms out. He's sitting outside listening. Yeah. Where, you know, because he he basically pulled a good cop, bad cop on her. Right. Without Henry's knowledge. Henry wasn't actually part of this uh, plan as far as we can tell. There's nothing in the episode to indicate that he is. And, you know, so he's like, it's going to be okay. And he's not normally like that. And hi, I'm Henry. And she's like, hi, I'm Lydia. And, And Daryl's like, aha. Yeah. And Lydia is like a character from the comics. She's, yeah. I mean, she ends up being Carl's love interest in the comics. Yeah, so the in the comics, the mother is the leader of the Whisperer community, and she goes by Alpha. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lydia goes by Beta within the community, if I recall. Because of course they strip away their identities and just give them the, these new names, but we'll see what they do. As, from all the promotional material I've seen, they're still calling the leader Alpha. Yeah. 
Um, we'll see how it goes in terms of who Lydia, what Lydia is actually called by the other whisperers. But um, they're shaping up to be a pretty formidable threat. And we see before Alden and Luke are captured, this large herd of walkers that is nearby. Mm. Uh, and they have to decide, you know, whether to go forward or go back. But, you know, the fact that these could be, you could actually have the whispers among them sort of directing these giant herds of, of the undead, uh, is a pretty, pretty disturbing thought. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, the other, the other little side thing is of course, uh, Eugene has had another close brush with death. Um, he has decided to unburden his 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 deep deep love for Rosita, which he's been in love with her for a while now. This does not go well for Eugene. To no one's real surprise, I don't think. No, um, the timing is bad because Rosita then has an attack of what appears to be morning sickness. So he says. You know, basically, I love you. And she goes, I got to go. And then runs outside and promptly throws up outside his window so he can hear her. Yeah. And Sadiq runs out there to see if she's okay. And she's basically like, hey, do you remember how we were just having fun and hanging out before I got serious with Gabriel? Well, guess what? And that made me look at her and think of the timeline and go, no. (laughs) i flat out deny this yeah because she is not showing any signs of pregnancy aside from what appears to be first trimester morning sickness yeah which means we're talking in the last few months this uh this relationship with gabriel so she like got out of sadiq's bed walked across the hall (laughs) Like, no, like I'm surprised no one was like, "Hey, doesn't this seem? Doesn't this make her seem like super skeezy to go right from Sadiq to Gabriel?" Like, and now we're gonna have this huge like secretive drama. Like, ooh, who's the father? Like, you know, do we really need this in our zombie drama? I hope not, because I mean, there's there's a really simple solution to that. By you know, it's it could be that you know Gabriel is aware that that she and Sadiq were just messing around before and, you know, there was there was a no strings attached kind of thing. That would be the conversation to have and it's over in a couple of minutes. Yeah. I'm concerned that they won't do something that simple and clean and sensible. I'm not concerned they won't do it. I know they're not gonna. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> They wouldn't they wouldn't have put it positioned it this way where oh, she's yeah. doing this like secret confession to him. And and Eugene is overhearing if there was going to be like oh by the way just just thought you should know like you know no it's obviously going to be some sort of it's 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 Laurie and Rick and Shane two point except hopefully no one will be completely crazy. Blah, that's what I say. I say blah. I don't. I I do not want this. <laughs> no, I don't want it either. Uh but yeah. So clearly. With all the strengths of the episode, there are a few things we can find to sit there and go, no, don't do this. Yeah. But, yeah, but again, the everything everything with Negan and Judith. Oh, yeah, everything with Negan and Judith was great. I think all the Daryl stuff was great. 
of the only real parts I have concerns about that I really that I that I'm I'm really not gonna like is if is when they when Michonne finally has her breakdown or whatever and it's like you know, I had a baby. My husband, my man died, and I had a baby. And I knew the only way to protect my family was to close down communication between the colonies. And that's why I did it. It's because I was scared for my baby. Because I'm a lady. With lady parts and lady emotions. I'm not going to like that when that happens. And I'm not going to like this upcoming baby drama where it's like, oops, sorry, I was so slutty, had sex with you both, and now we don't know who the daddy is. Yeah, I, I, I really, really hope that both of those are wrong, and I'm afraid. I do too. That they might be right. So we'll we'll have to keep our fingers crossed on that because that really, I mean, once again, we have an example of when the show is working when the characters are working um it can be really good it was really fun i enjoyed this episode a lot generally speaking when they come back from a you know a season break or when a season ends or when a season break begins you know you and i are kind of like well that was a thing that happened and we watched it uh so i'm i'm actually and (laughs) I don't like being in the position of going, time jump? What? What happened here? What? Who are these characters and what have you done with the ones we were watching? Yeah. But for the first time since the time jump, I'm actually thinking this is something that, that they might be figuring out. So I'm, right. that's a good sign. That's a good sign. So yeah, a solid episode. And I think a solid episode from us as well. Yes. I'm yes. proud of us tonight, <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> We we had things we could actually talk about that were not like this is a terrible thing, right. burn the show to the ground, <laughs> and and you know we have the potential here that when it comes time for the spinoffs, you and I can say, hey guys, we got a pitch for you. Come here, yeah. let, me, let me let me tell you about the Negan and Judith show. <laughs> Negan and Judith, Judith and Negan. <laughs> And you did that right on cue. That was amazing. <laughs> and and introducing Hobo, the magical alien that only Judith can see. Oh, Hobo. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, okay, folks, that's where we're going to leave it because I don't know where else we can go. Uh uh, you are listening to us on iTunes or podcast.com or, or some other place that manages to have the show. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. We would love it if you were to follow us there. Yeah, we would love to hear from you guys. If you have a comment or a question, uh, that would be fantastic. Of course, if you leave us a comment or rating on iTunes or podcast.com, that helps other people find the show. And so we would appreciate that if you would like to. If not, that's okay, too. Uh, Dustin, as always, a pleasure. Thank you, Tim. (laughs) And we will see you guys next week and see where all of this stuff goes on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Thank you guys for listening. Yes. Zompocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.